0: Welcome to the 18th episode of the Street Roots Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Devon Pouncey. In this episode, we discuss increase in sweeps as more people get vaccinated and the economy attempts to reopen, targeting of unhoused people in Portland and the West Coast region at large, and much more. Sit back and enjoy the 18th episode of the Street Roots Podcast. On the line right now, we have Lauren of Sisters of the Road, Mo from Defense Fund PDX, uh, J-Mo, as well as Lou from Defense Fund. Thank you all so much for joining me here on the Street Roots podcast. And I know we got some significant stuff to dig into, but I want to start off by giving my appreciation to you all for your willingness to join us here on the SR podcast.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: No problem. And for starters, on, on our last episode, um, we were able to have an interview with Street Watch LA, Jed Perriott, to be exact. And we were able to discuss some of the happenings at Echo Park Lake out in Los Angeles in regards to sweeps, in regards to police interaction um, and, and some of the tactics that they were using out there as that sort of became a big national story. Um, so this episode is sort of a follow up story because obviously You know, Street Roots, we're based out of Portland. This podcast is based out of Portland. And we've dealt with a lot of the same tactics and interactions. And there may be some differences in tactics as well out here in Portland um, at places like Laurel Hurst Park Park and beyond. Um, But for starters, maybe, Lauren, you can get me started here. Can you just sort of discuss um, some of the things that's going on here in Portland in this very moment in regards to sweeps? And maybe some police interaction, and it could extend out into the West Coast as well.
2: Hi, yeah, thank you, thank you, Devon. Um, so I currently work with Sisters of the Road, which is based in our Old Town Chinatown district of Portland. And during the past year, during the COVID like quarantine and lockdown, there was an extreme reduction in what we call sweeps, so forcible relocations. Um, like contracted by the city um, through the organization, predominantly by like rapid response. Um, And now as people are getting vaccinated and kids are going back to school and parks are opening up and businesses are reopening, we're seeing a dramatic increase in sweeps. Um, And they started this by... They started... Um, preparing for this in last August and September by taking away public dumpsters and taking away public restrooms that they'd put out at the beginning of the quarantine and like heavily publicized as a public service. So then, um, you know, trash has started accumulating and services are fewer and far between. And so a lot of complaints have been coming in as people want to come out of their lockdown. Um, And we're even trying to prepare for um, like festivals on our waterfront. Um, and so we're seeing a lot more sweeps, um, and an increase in police violence as we've seen in this last year too. Um, thanks Lou for the reminder. I was going to say, I live in the Lentz neighborhood, which is a very like far Southeast, uh, neighborhood in Portland. And we recently had a shooting of an unarmed, um, houseless A community member who happened to be going through um, a mental health crisis and they were shot and their body was left on the ground for hours. And so people showed up to question why this happened. And the police responded by bringing in every available unit in Portland (laughs) to that location. And as they were, quote, retreating, unquote, they threw flashbangs and like tear gas at unarmed neighbors who just wanted to know what was happening you know so there's a lot going on here but you can see there is a general um there's a pattern going on on the west coast where a lo- like there is a huge dramatic increase in houselessness in the last five years like i think in portland it's at least like folks who live here who are houseless like that um population has at least quadrupled and so and this is a pattern you're seeing across the board um along the West Coast. So we're seeing a lot of similar tactics, but with uh, different communities
3: involved. Um, But yeah, I would like to hear some of my friends speak to this as well.
0: Absolutely. And, And I know there's multiple of us here on the episode, so sort of feel free to jump in as well. But I know each of you have sort of been on the front lines in different neighborhoods within the city of Portland. So um, feel free, uh, maybe starting with Mo here, to just discuss some of the things that you're seeing in regards to sweeps and police intervention and some of their tactics in, this, in the particular area that you've sort of been on the front lines in and, and really helping your neighbors in in regards to trying to assist them against, you know some of the things that they're dealing with there
3: uh yeah i've been seeing a lot of the same stuff that lauren was talking about but um i think sweeps are really just increasing and with that like the police presence that comes um has been really devastating to people i most of my close neighbors have had to move many many times over the past few months and it seems to be just increasing it seems like there's sweeps happening all over the city at the same time so people who want to support you know have a hard time doing it because they're happening simultaneously um and yeah that you know that involves people's property getting stolen it often involves violence um and yeah it's it's just it's really devastating to watch um yeah Jmo. Uh, yeah, it's funny. We're talking about this.
2: A, um, a cop car just drove past. I'm here at Laurelhurst right now. Um, and I've seen for the first couple weeks of the sweeps, there wasn't a very strong police presence. Um, but there's been, you know, patrol cars almost daily driving through past where these people live and their camps are. And, um, you know, a lot of them are coming up to me very, Obviously sketched out from the police being there and afraid of you know their things being taken, what the police might do to them um, so there's definitely been an uptick in you know just routine quote unquote routine patrols around the area
0: and and Lou, maybe you could speak to this and and if not you could you could definitely pass the baton but one thing that that I sort of heard you all mention is the fact that. Um, during this pandemic, earlier on, there seemed to be a bit more research sources as sort of you know the world was in a crisis at large, and as we're sort of trying to get back to some sense of normality and and things opening up for for economic purposes and so on and so forth, you're starting to see the unhoused community here in Portland in particular sort of take on the grunt of that and sort of take on. The bad side of that, as folks want to see streets being cleaned up or parks being cleaned up or people getting off the streets because they don't like how it looks, per se, or it's an eyesore, as some people may say. Um, Just speak to how, as we sort of attempt to transition out of the pandemic back into a new sense of normalcy, how that's really had an impact and an effect on the unhoused community during all of this.
1: Uh, Sure. So earlier on in uh, during COVID, they were not sweeping as much, and in the past several months, obviously we've seen like everyone was saying an uptick in sweeps. Um, but particularly the neighborhoods, I think that have been targeted uh, pretty heavily, especially with police response, have been really wealthy neighborhoods um, and areas like businesses that are reopening. A lot of folks, when they when the pandemic hit and businesses closed down, they um, they camped and were living nearby some of these closed down areas, um, and in parks adjacent to some of these wealthier neighborhoods. And as, uh, we have slowly been trying to reopen, um, sweeps have been much more violent in those areas as well. Like for example, at Laurelhurst, um, a couple of months ago, they were swept. This is like the third time that they've been posted in the past less than a year. Um, since, you know, COVID has begun. And the first two times police responded, the first time it was with 30 police cars. Like it was just horrible. There were so many police. And the second time they actually wound up arresting two comrades who were trying to help, um, the residents move their things out of the way. They blocked everything off with police tape. And that was especially violent and it's in a very wealthy neighborhood um, recently in Chapman square, which is uh, next to the courthouse downtown and um, the, on the West side, police responded uh, with rapid response pretty violently um, as well due to a sweep. And so as businesses are reopening, they're wanting to use their locations and they want it to be clean and people who have are housed and, and have been in their homes for the past year quarantining Um, are coming out and wanting to go to drinks and want to go back to normal. And it um, bothers them that they have to see the actual devastating effects of this pandemic and of just our city as a whole um, and how much it's failed them. And seeing people on the street and seeing people who are camped camps next to old bars that they used to go to is really troubling to these people for some reason. They can't stand to see people who are houseless. Um, And so they've been reporting camps and the way that that works is they'll report camps, um, through the city and then it's inspected by, um, uh, central city concern. And then rapid response comes and, um, sweeps and takes people's stuff. And so that's been happening more and more. And it, they've released statements saying that they plan to, as we're reopening in Portland, they plan to do more sweeps. Um, and they said that that's absolutely their goal—is to start sweeping, you know, just as much as they were before the pandemic, as the city reopens, which is really awful and very terrible and violent.
0: Mo,
3: yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm sitting here with my friend Coast, who lived at uh, Laurelhurst
4: for a couple of weeks.
3: You want to introduce yourself?
4: Hello, my name's Coast. Um, so I lived at Laurelhurst for uh, Laurelhurst Park for a little while, um, and I've seen some of the like the most heavy police presence I've seen there uh, since I've been in Portland because I used to be around there a lot and it definitely wasn't like that. So they are uh, targeting these certain areas that are seeing more traffic from houseless people. Um, it'll be at least once a day when I was there and that was a couple of weeks ago, but on some days it was twice a day. They would roll by real slow, kind of checking people out, looking at people, and I know a lot of people in the neighborhood either were calling them or maybe they called a number because before that, people from the neighborhood were rolling by, taking videos, taking pictures, you know, just making people there feel really uncomfortable pretty much. Um, and I know that the camps that are near Delta Park right now, um, the reason why they're looking so bad right now is because. Number one, they just got swept and they scrambled everybody up. Nobody really had time to do anything. Their stuff was just thrown everywhere. Um, But number two, they're not giving these people... Delta Park, that area doesn't really have any public bathrooms or any like trash cans that they can use. That's why there's so much trash in that area. There's so much trash in that area right now because Portland's not advocating for the trash cleanup and sewage. They don't even want to put porta potties out there for them. So, Um, yeah. The police presence has got a lot higher. And um, if you're on property that is somebody's property, uh, they'll just come and tell you to leave. They'll just come and tell you to leave. They don't even give you a chance to get your stuff and get out of here or move to a different spot or whatever. Um, If you're on the sidewalk, they don't really try to mess with you. But um, when you're grouped up on the sidewalk with more people and there's a lot of traffic, they tend to target that area a lot more.
0: Interesting you say that. And I want to kind of follow up to that. And anybody can jump in on this because I know you all go out together and you do this work and and you're obviously standing up for an oppressed community and those that are being unhoused. Um, Do you sense that when there feels like community is being built amongst those that are unhoused and you all are there to support each other? Um, whether it be because you're on the front lines and and you're standing up for other unhoused neighbors or you could just be hanging out with friends because that's what people do socially, um, regardless of um, what what your status may be. Um, Can you all speak to just a little bit more of the pattern or the trends that you may see when you all decide to come together in, you know, these particular places outside?
2: Hey, I, I'd kind of love to speak to that. This is Lauren. Um, this is the reason why we were all collectively pushing for the the Right to Rest Act, HB 2367, which I know Street Roots has, post, has um, reported on. Um, that's why we were pushing so hard for this to pass, because there are over 200 ordinances in Oregon that would essentially make it illegal to just be a person in public, like you couldn't stand anywhere because that could be loitering. However, these are selectively enforced. So, I think when they see any oppressed people, whether it's like people of color or houseless people, um, poor people, when they see us organizing, this is another way for <laughs> systems of power to continue to oppress by making it illegal and by targeting people trying to build community and survive. I mean, we've seen this in Portland time and again, like we see our black neighborhoods getting gentrified and broken up and it's a plant, it's plant. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to make it very clear that like there are laws essentially making a picnic illegal, but it's only enforced on certain people. So yes, I think it is a target. And there was in fact like an ordinance being passed in Medford Saying that if you were trying to give a water bottle to, and it would be, this would be profiling to a houses person or give a tent to a houses person, you could be cited or taken to jail. So these are very real and very, um, very targeted.
0: Definitely. And then lastly here, um, Lauren, I know you mentioned and alluded to this earlier about, um, and some of it you alluded to here in the episode and some of it we got to talk about prior to this episode, but that it seems that on the West coast sweeps have been a bit more amplified and coast. I know you also obviously have been here at Laurel Hearst park. And to my knowledge, you've also been out at echo park Lake where obviously um, there's been amplified sweeps taken there. Just speak to that a little bit more. You two, if you'd like um, in regards to how we, as people that lived on the West coast region of the United States need to really realize how much more, Things may be amplified here, or just, you know, how it's unique here in the West Coast rather than, you know, maybe other regions here in the United States of America.
4: Okay, I would love to speak on that. So um, I've been housed in a few other states. Um, I know that growing up in New Mexico, if you were houseless, they would either beat you up or take you to jail. Like, there's no other option you wouldn't get to stay there overnight they wouldn't help you find a ride to somewhere so coming here for me uh knowing that there's there was safe sleep law when i first got here safe sleep law was in place uh, any group from i think it was six to ten or six to eight or no it's seven to seven any group of three to five people can sleep on the sidewalk from seven to seven so me knowing that coming here it was a, definitely a total game changer i can go i can set myself up with my little tent I can start looking for a job or whatever to try to get me housing or whatever. And that's how I did that before. Um, but I can see it's starting to change over here a lot too um, because they're coming after after the houses people a lot more strategic now. They're just like, like most just saying, it seems like they're hitting all the camps at once. Either they're hitting them all in the same little time frame, or hitting them right simultaneously. Um, so they've definitely taken, like, recognition to, uh, to that being an issue for them, like, coming up in their book and being an issue. So they, they definitely are looking at it a lot more. Um, as in Echo Park, um, I spent time in L.A. County recently for the last few months, and the homeless, the houses population over there um, is a lot bigger than here. And there's a lot more uh, different factors to really fast pace. Um, but the people that were at Echo Park, when I showed up there, they weren't bothering anybody. They actually were pre- really clean. Like their areas are really clean. They were organized. They usually would have an area where the mutual aid, uh, Conrads would come and, uh, we would serve them food or we would have ev- whatever, give them clothes. Um, and they weren't really that much of an, an eyesore. Like some of the other camps people say are, Oh, this is a bad camp. There's trash everywhere. There's this, is that. They weren't they weren't really projecting too much, so I don't see how they got on the radar. Um, the town, the the area that is around Echo Park is definitely gentrified. Like, there's no more people of color there. Um, so I think that has something to do with it. Also, Echo Park is not Echo Park anymore. Echo Park has a pond in the middle that people ride around. Uh, little duck boats while houses people are there camping right on the side of the pond. So that was definitely a sight for me to see, for me to see these people with their kids having their Sunday, and then there's some people right next to them, and they are not as fortunate. So, um, that situation escalated real quickly, but just because of the geographic setup of L.A., the police know that even if there was Uh, some type of defense for a sweep, they wouldn't be able to respond within the time because the counties are so, the the cities are so spread out and people are so spread out throughout the cities. So they know that if they roll up and hit it with all these cars and they block it off, people are not going to be able to get in to help their people. And even at some points, people don't make it out. They just arrest people, find them on warrants or other things happen. So yeah, that's that's def- that's definitely a situation that has escalated pretty quickly. Um, I'd like
3: to
2: Oh, sorry. Are you done coast? Yes, I am. Thank you so much. I think that was that was perfect. I'm um, talking about I wanted to put it into a larger context of the West Coast economies. You know, we were the last to be colonized in the United States and um, we were the we primarily had extractive economies that like timber or, you know, everything else. And in the last 20 years, it's become more of a tech economy and that's created more housing. Um, it's like combined with the Reaganomics stripping of like resources, like social services, social safety nets, combined with this rapid gentrification and housing scarcity and housing competition to where more people are houseless literally because they can just no longer afford their homes and have very few other places to go. Um there's this myth that people are just moving here because it's lax and that that's like a large percent but there are studies showing that it's maybe it's less than 10% of people coming from out of state to the west coast like to west coast states to like find this sanctuary it's um primarily people who live within these counties and then center and then flock towards urban areas because that's where these social services are so it's people trying to survive living where they have been living for most of their lives and trying to trying to (laughs) yeah trying to survive like for in my case i grew up in portland our house was seventy thousand dollars in 1990 By 2015, it was a million dollars. And there's no way someone can be able to afford that living. Like my parents were working class. We had to sell our house. We had people coming to our houses all the time to ask if we were going to sell it. And it's like, no wonder, no wonder that this is happening. And that since there is this rapid increase, it's becoming more visible. And then people are becoming more scared that they'll become houseless and therefore like try to fight against it by fighting directly against the people who are experiencing houselessness.
0: Yeah. Wow, that was a really great way of putting that there. And and I'm grateful for you all for coming on here to the Street Roots Podcast and and sharing what it is that you're seeing, sharing your knowledge, um, sharing your experiences, because obviously this is a conversation that that needs to continue to be amplified and needs to be put on the radars of those who may not have any interest. Um, Is there any- all right. After a few seconds of pause, I believe not. So again, um, thank you all for joining us here on the Street Roots podcast. And I'm looking forward to having more conversations with you all as things progress. So don't be surprised if you get a tug saying, Hey, I want you back on the Street Roots podcast. Once again, appreciate you, appreciate you all greatly for joining. Thank you. Yeah,
1: thank, thank you.